Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. Interesting new format for you. We're bringing back a repeat co-host as well as a new co-host at the same exact time. Totally modified format. We'll catch you guys up on that in a second. Uh, But these gentlemen have been spoken about on this show multiple times, even though one of them has never even been on. And uh, I've gotten connected with them over the past two, three years now through travels to Western U.S. to an event called Thrive, Make Money Matter. So today I'm bringing back the founder, Cole Hatter, and our new guest co-host is going to chime in and have some fun with us, the man with the moves, Legacy (laughs) Perez. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. Thanks for having us, bro. This yeah. is a fun on the fly format. I tell you, you just got to rock and roll, man. That's what life's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I want to tell the audience what happened. So this was <laughs> supposed to be Sonny and I, and uh, I screwed up and forgot to tell my wife. So as she was running out the door, Legacy was coming in the door, and I grabbed him instead. So uh, <laughs> special treat for the audience. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and Legacy is an up-and-coming, when he launches, podcaster. So... But you are in motion and you are recording shows, are you not? I am in motion and I have recorded some shows already. So. All right, all right. Yeah. So, listen, if, if you need somebody to smack you around and motivate you, like I will, I will do that because once you get that first episode up, it's all momentum after that. So, mm-hmm. I, I've now mm-hmm. actually September 4th. So, we're, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this at the end of August because I want to get these shows up ASAP because Thrive Make Money Matters coming up. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, I've actually already aired 205 shows, two per week, since September 4th of 2016. So you guys have been talking about a lot on this show because after the very first Thrive, my my boy Michael O'Neill was like the Mater D kind of helping you guys run the event. That's why I went out to support him. And then I find Thrive and I'm hooked on it and come back ever since. But we've aired, oh God, I lost track of count. We're probably close to over 30 Thrive Tribe people just I keep meeting them. I either, I either record live at the event, which I did last year and the year before, or we're, we're following up afterwards and just getting people's names, their brands out there, building the community. So I think last time you were on, Cole, I think we joked around like, man, we could probably like rebrand the show like Thrivecast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, that's that's great. And that just goes to show the quality of the attendee. Uh, we've done three Thrives now. This is Thrive number four coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, we pass out a survey or a digital survey at the end of each one and ask them their favorite stuff. Like, what was your best aha favorite part of the whole event? And we've had incredible speakers from Gary Vaynerchuk to Robert Hershevec to Jack Canfield to Grant Cardone to Ty Lopez. So you're expecting them to, you know, pick one of these legendary, iconic entrepreneurs. And of course, some do. But the number one most common answer from thousands of attendees and thousands of surveys is their number one favorite part was the attendees. Mm-hmm. Speakers were great. Vinny was great. Everything was great. But meeting Scott or meeting Legacy or meeting whoever was the best part. And so uh, it's really in- it's, it's no surprise that you have had 30 plus guests on the show through the Thrive Tribe because uh, we're very blessed. And I can't take any credit for that. You know, maybe we're clearing the marketing. I don't know. But the people who decide to show up are awesome human beings. Well, I mean, the new the new marketing, actually, speaking of marketing, I ran into your boy at a podcast movement down in Philadelphia a few weeks back. Uh, I, I think somebody's back on the team or you guys have been changing things up again. Which who, Who'd you run into? Uh, oh, God, was it John? Oh, name? John Dennis? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, John Dennis, he's an OG, man. He's uh, he's behind. He's one of the wizards behind the curtain. So I don't, our team has grown. We have about 30 people now. But uh, 
yeah, so John is uh, one of the wizards behind the curtain pulling all the knobs to make Thrive work. And so I was literally, I just got back two hours ago from Monterey Bay. I was up there for uh, Supercar Week. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I almost feel kind of like Ty Lopez in a sense that when you're around the audience, you're targeting on Facebook and you spend the type of money we're spending right now, random people, like four different random people walked up to me that I never met before. And they're like, Hey, are you Cole? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, dude, you're all over my Facebook. You're all over my Instagram. Every time I get on there, you're freaking telling me to come to thrive. And I'm like, ah, sorry about that. I got you. Right. Like you, you touched the wrong button or, or you, you clicked something and now I'm retargeting you. But anyway, it, ha- so the- it happens here too. Like I was recording with somebody the other night and like towards the end of the show, I was like, oh yeah, man. I was like, listen, you got that right entrepreneurial energy. I, I loved uh, what we were discussing. And I was like, listen, if you haven't gone there yet, man, you got to go check out a 10 thrive.com. And he's like, thrive. I'm like, yeah, make money matter. He's like, oh dude. Uh, yeah. I heard about that event. I've been seeing that pop up my feet, my feet as well. Yeah. It's just funny. These random people, cause I'm wearing my black thrive hat. So they're like, dude, your face is in my computer. Anyway, enough of all that. So yeah, John is one of the guys making that magic happen and yeah. our team has grown, but uh, yeah. Well, I think that's a great example of, of actually why we're talking today and why we kind of went off the cuff and, and decided, hey, let's still record anyway because Legacy's in the house because this is about teamwork. And mm-hmm. in the entrepreneurial world, like even though I'm a solopreneur, right, using Michael's branding, I still can't do everything myself. I have virtual teams, right? I outsource because I'm like, listen, work with my strengths, outsource the weaknesses, whatever. But isn't that part of not just growing this event, but also what has helped you build the businesses that you guys have been doing? Yeah, I'm going to let Legacy answer second to this one because I want to give him some props up front. But I had this conversation uh, yesterday with my buddy Josh. So Josh runs a tech firm uh, up in Canada, actually. Uh, He just hired his 40th employee. He's going to have somewhere around 100 employees within a year. It's going to be a big company. You know, he already has HR, payroll, the whole deal, legal department. It's It's going to be a big company, and he's looking forward to having a $500 million exit. That's his goal within the next probably 36 to 48 months. Uh, but not to, to expose Josh, I have five actual employees and then 20 plus independent contractors from as small as, hey, will you create a logo to they're working 40 hours a week, but they're getting a 1099. They don't even work here. Like John Dennis, are, he's in Florida. I'm in California, but he's cranking 20 plus hours a week for my organization. I'm compensating him, right? Yep. And so at the end of the year, I'm doing very well, uh, netting seven figures and doing multiple seven figures in my business. Uh, but let's just create round numbers. If my businesses were to make three to $5 million and I'm able to keep half versus a business where the company is generating a hundred million, but the CEO is only making one to 2 million, right? It's like at the end of the day, I'm making as much money, but I'm doing it not as a solopreneur, but without the big business aspect. And so I was talking to Josh about how cool it is with the internet and social media and uh, outsourcing that you can run a business where you are making millions of dollars a year without having a huge team. Our own mentor, Than Merrill, did almost $400 million last year, $388 million. He has, over five, he has over 500 employees and he makes almost all of his money in the real estate world. I have no idea what he pays himself from his education company that has the 500 employees, but I'll bet you at the end of the day what his salary is, a CEO of that, is probably near what I'm making myself because he's super generous and reinvests almost all the money. So this is no slam at Than. He should pay himself more, but he doesn't because he's making gazillions of dollars in real estate. So at the end of the day, for the listeners to kind of food for thought, do you really need to go hire 500 employees to make a few million bucks a year? 
Or can you have a half dozen and most or all are virtual and still make a few half million a year? I'll pass off the legacy who's celebrating his first seven figure year last year and going to do it again this year. We're only in August and I'm thinking probably already over seven figures and his team consists of him and his girlfriend. Okay. So you want to expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, it takes a certain person to want that kind of business, like 500 employees. I thought in the beginning uh, we may have wanted to have an office and an office space and have employees and desks. And I was like, if we don't need to, it's it's so much overhead, so much, uh, you know, so much like hard work. Yeah, it's a machine that you have to oil. And I feel like with what we have now, it's sufficient to have our two employees, uh, not employees, sorry, the CEOs of it, Patricia and myself. And then we we have our realtor agents that work alongside us. So they're independent contractors. We pay them to list houses or find properties. And so for us, it's, it's easier to do it that way um, where – if I need to hire a virtual assistant or something like that, then I do that or somebody like a personal assistant. But other than that, I think uh, it works the way we're doing it. And uh, we, we really like it that way. It's really cool. Well, I think what you guys are sharing is, is some people will call this a hack. It's not necessarily a hack. Like I spent years in the corporate space, then did the firefighting thing as an escape and then became more entrepreneurial. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, but I saw the struggle because my dad was a classic solopreneur. It was him and that was it. There was no other team. Like even my younger brother started working for him and he wasn't like replicating himself. And and now my brother literally split off and just started his own company because he's like, hey, fine, you do you, I do me and that's it. So, but I I saw all that and I said, I want nothing to do with that. You know, I just want nothing to do with it. You know, and to, to, not to cut you off, but to add to what I'm saying is, um, Obviously, there's a lot of components and we've broken the company into half half and half and Patricia does her half and I do mine, which is hers, the design, running numbers and, and, and doing like analysis. And mine is uh, raising the money, uh, having the negotiations, selling, buying. And so the acquisitions part. So together we do that. But I feel like long term, if we get multiple properties uh, and I'm doing other businesses as well, I feel like at that point we can bring in somebody that will kind of outsource what we do and pay them a salary per se mm-hmm. so that they can be running the business in our, in our position, but not like uh, not someone that wants to start a real estate investment business, but someone that wants to manage a yeah. business like ours. Uh, so I think that's our next level, next step. So it frees up some more of our time so that we could do more things. And all this stuff, by the way, talking about teams uh, is really important because I feel like I have like I have my level of education, but I feel like with without having Patricia call uh, and the people around me that were my mentors and to, to guide me in this uh, kind of like this this dialogue or these thoughts that I'm having now to be able to take it to the next level without having those people as my team. Like I consider Cole my team, uh, meaning my team as a mentor. He, Shit, I was going to say, where's my paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like having those people around you is so important. And I think when you go to Thrive and when you, when you have that level of of, uh, of idea coming from the top and you have all these amazing speakers and you have the attendees, that's where you start networking and having uh, those relationships with people that could take you to the next level. And that's, mm-hmm. I'm like the prime example of that. I started from nothing and, and meeting the right people, the right timing, doing the right thing, putting in the hard work, the effort, investing in myself, going to events and making sure that I'm doing what I could possibly be doing to be the best version of me is how I've become the person I am today alongside with Patricia. So nice. Well, so would you say, cause obviously I, I know obviously Cole was one of your mentors and I think great point, by the way, uh, there's, there's two levels of that teamwork component. It's not just the team is not just a team like with you or under you, so to speak, but it's mm-hmm. the team above you and around you. That's your influencers, mm-hmm. which is, 
why we, I, I use the, the hashtag Thrive Tribe so much, right? Like Thrive Tribe was created at the event. <laughs> and I mean, Cole, you have your own mastermind group and everything else, but that's the, like, there's so many different communities that you can be plugging yourself into to, to get yep. that teamwork mindset going. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think it's super important. Uh, a lot of people talk about self-made. I don't know anybody that's quote unquote self-made, you know, people call me self-made. And I, I think it's because I wasn't handed anything. I've built everything from the ground up, but I built it with a team. So, you know, I, I looked at the richest people in the world and of the top 15, half of them are Waltons who inherited money from their dad, Sam with Walmart. Mm -hmm. And so you would say they're not self-made. They inherited it. So I, you know, I, I don't want to take away from anyone out there who feels that No, no, no. I wasn't given anything. I had an idea and I built it from the ground up all by myself. Okay. The idea, sure. And nobody handed you anything, but there's no one I've ever met in my life that made all their money and all their success, like literally in their basement of their house, like stitching things together and selling it on the internet without anybody doing anything for mm -hmm. them. So anyway, but yeah, so the point of that is to say team is super important. Uh, choosing the right team is super important. And uh, putting yourself in the space to meet people who will bring you to the next level um, is, is also important, right? Yeah, that ties it back to the event piece of it. Like uh, Michael talks about this. I talk about this. Like guys, like the power of networking and just getting out to events is crucial. Like it's, you have to, um, I don't want to say unplug. You just have to plug into a different environment from time to time Bingo. and surround yourself, right? You don't, not, yep. you don't have to unplug. But just plug into a new circle. I mean, legacy. What what are you feeling off of that? It's like it's like habits, like like habits. Like you have. It's not necessarily unplugging from your old habits. It's just replacing them with the new habits. So when you go to an event like Thrive or, or an event in that for that matter, you have the ability to meet people that have like minded. I think it was in a book. What was it? How to Win Friends and Influence People by Classic. Dale Carnegie. He says he says if he lost all his his money and all his wealth, what he would do is just go to an event or somewhere where people congregated that have a that had a like mind. Um, that wanted to achieve high results and as almost as if it were magic he said he's get he'd get his wealth back so it's so it's something that tells you that throughout the history of of people uh becoming successful that is a big component so uh having a circle of friends that you may have now uh, and then going okay i'm going to go to a new event and getting an, a new circle of friends that people that do different businesses or different um you know, different services or, or products. I feel like if you meet those people, you have a different idea or a different, um, uh, how you, how you say a different, uh, like mindset towards how you can do business in different areas. And that, that just overall full circle makes it a lot easier to, to succeed. Share one thing that I think is cool. My wife is not a car person. Uh, I am. And, and no, whenever Cole, I put Cole's her a Cole, Cole's a car person. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and whenever I put her in one of my cars, she always yells at me and well, I'll never do this again. Uh, so just as I said in the beginning of this, got back from Monterey Car Week, which is the biggest, craziest thing in the world. And my wife went with me to be a supportive wife. Check this out. Uh, for those of you listening to the audio, you're going to want to go find the video. But this is my wife. She took this picture literally yesterday. I don't know if you can yep, see it. Yeah, on right there, actually. Hold on. You got it? So who she's standing next to right now is the president of Aston Martin. What? who is one, Who is one of two women in all of the automotive industry to have that, that role. And so uh, Aston Martin, obviously a you know badass brand. My wife's up there and she and that woman just broed out and spent about an hour together, exchanged contact information. Turns out that woman only lives 20 minutes away. You'd think she lives in the UK. She did for four years, but promoted so high that she has an office in Irvine here in Southern California, Orange County, where she runs it. So this is the president of all of Aston Martin 
her and my wife, she has a two-year-old. My wife obviously has our five and our two-year-old. They're going to connect. They're going to do copying. They're going to be homies. And I was literally talking this morning to my wife on our flight home because we did, you know, we were exhausted. <laughs> and, and she's like, you know, meeting that woman was a great opportunity. I would have never had if I didn't come. And I said to her, see how cool that is that like in my wife's you know, circle of friends, not all of them are entrepreneurial. And then some of them that are like, for instance, Patricia, um, hasn't yet married or had children yet with legacy. So to find a woman who, although this woman, you couldn't necessarily say is an entrepreneur because she's the president of Aston Martin, but as a president, you're operating as an entrepreneur for sure. You're running the whole freaking company. So to have someone who is farther down the road than her, who is a mother and a wife who's killing the game, running a company like Aston Martin is a huge value and a huge asset. And it's not like there's an angle, like they'll just be friends, but that's a good person to have in my wife's life. And so that just happened like this time yesterday. And I think it's cool that my wife, who has no interest in cars, thinks that they all suck and d- doesn't care if it's a you know a 20-year-old Honda Civic or a brand new freaking McLaren. She doesn't care. Uh, but went with me, met this woman. They exchanged contact information. And I imagine are going to become great friends. And now my wife gets to hang out with the president of Aston Martin because she went up there, met new people, and tried new things. So I just want to illustrate what Legacy was just teaching with my wife, who now has – I mean, how, who wouldn't want – to just have the contact info with yeah. the president of Aston Martin. That's crazy. And it's fact, total accidental or what? Like just really stuff. Well, I, I mean, what's an accident, right? But right. So, <laughs> so we were there, we were walking around and I, uh, I don't remember why we approached her or who approached who first. Cause I was in La La Land looking at all the cars, <laughs> but she and my wife instantly had rapport and she took us on a tour. So there were about 30 Aston Martins there. And then the concept cars that don't come out till 2021 and 2025. So we got to see those concept cars. And she, the president, gave us the tour for an hour of explaining what everything did. And they're going to have drones, right? Aston Martin's creating drones for the future that they are going to mass produce for the public. And so they had drones on display. And she's explaining that we're not allowed to call them drones. They've got to call them personal something, flight something or another's. And so after spending an hour with her, uh, you know, her and my wife are like BFFs. So anyway, no, just for context, for anyone listening to this, you might need to put yourself in a different position than normal, like Legacy was saying, to meet new people. Uh, and there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you don't have to necessarily, I mean, unless it's required at that event, but you don't necessarily have to go own the supercar. But why not get yourself in an environment that you're surrounded with people at a much different playing level? Um, totally. Especially professional level. It's on a quick side note, making drones. I wish this was happening sooner. Because, like, uh, I since I talked to you last, I'm, I'm finally, obviously, getting married uh, after... 40 years. So, uh, you know, eventually I man up sooner or later. Congrats, bro. That's why I try and tell because my fiance like is very patient now. Anyway, we're not traditional. We don't have kids. We don't want kids. That's fine. So our wedding is going to be in Banff, Canada. And we're doing it at the end of March because we're big skiers. And we're doing a heli skiing wedding. So it's like helicopters flying in the backcountry drop in. But here's the problem. I wanted to bring drones because I want to kind of one up Red Bull and like release like this adrenaline junkie movie, like ski movie, but for like a wedding. Apparently drones are illegal in like all of Canada because of like airspace. But maybe I could rebrand it as like a personal flight device. Yeah, like a a uh, cam a camera recording moving moving unit. Yeah, Yeah. make that. Acronym. Well, it's we just camera. we just booked like uh, we booked two helicopters, one for like the advanced people like us, and then one for like her her actual parents are going heli skiing. <laughs> so um, it's gonna be. Here's all I would say about that. First of all, <laughs> God bless Canada, eh? Right? But <laughs> but 
Also, all else I would say is sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I didn't say that publicly, but I mean, if you're flying a drone 30 feet off of a mountain, let's hope there's no plane in that flight path because that would be a bad day for that airplane. So (laughs) sometimes, sometimes it's just easier to say, sorry, sorry, than it is to ask for permission. I don't care. Just throwing that out into the, you know, into the universe. It's not, it's not a bad idea because Amelia, I don't know what mountains they're flying us to and they are remote. So that's a good point. Uh, and actually they do say, listen, we, we, they actually give you all the gear. Like we have gear, but they give you all the backcountry skis, the, uh, avalanche kits, everything else. And I'm avalanche trained. So I'm good. So I'm like, sweet. I don't have to go buy that stuff. I'm still going to do it anyway. But well, the- I have a question. How do you get trained to get ran over by an avalanche? Like <laughs> you're avalanche trained. It's what res- does that mean? You know how to recovery. dig out a snow? <laughs> rescue. <laughs> Rescue recovery, how to dig out your buddy. So Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, I'm having that. Yeah, I'm tsunami trained too. Just freaking <laughs> swim up. I, like, it's I, mean, hard, I don't okay. know how you can be trained you to get po- hit by You possibly could swim up, snow. but the, the, the snow is a little heavier as far as that wave of snow that's going over top of you. But it's it's how to how to survive Damn. the actual avalanche and then also get, getting to people fast, digging them out, having a snow pro. Oh, that makes sense. Stuff. That makes sense. But, uh, I was just thinking like, here's how to get hit by snow <laughs> and try to survive. Put your arm yes. up and Yes, that is, that is part of the course, actually. They teach you how to you know properly tuck and roll. <laughs> as you're... Oh, man. Right on. Oh, hey, man. Hopefully that's the training you never need. Exactly. I mean, I used to live in Colorado. Like so child I already CPR. Have child CPR. As an EMT paramedic, I knew that, but my wife took it for kids. It's a training you hope you never need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trained in all that as well. Obviously, former fire as well. I was just, yeah. I was the wilderness world and you were the city world. So, right. um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's the same, same fundamentals. But anyway, the cool thing is that they're going to at least give you, because this is like a higher level thing. Like the average person doesn't go book a heli skiing trip for a wedding. So because you're reserving a couple helicopters and stuff, like, okay, they're giving you, they, you can rent GoPros and everything else if you don't own. What's the it cost stuff. to go backcountry house skiing? Uh, a few grand. I mean, you know, yeah, because you're cool. You're, you're renting. You're renting time on the helicopter. You're not actually reserving the whole helicopter to yourself unless unless you have enough people to book the whole flight. Like we're we're mm-hmm. definitely going to have enough people to book that helicopter. But then when they fly back, they can pick up other people at their helipad. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no, I'm so. just curious. The only time I've ever used a helicopter was local, like to go from here to Catalina for the day, or. One time my wife had an interview in LA and we didn't want to deal with the traffic. So we flew one up, but I'm just wondering if how much more expensive it is when you're getting dropped off on top of a mountain. But that's something I've wanted to do. I'm not a skier. I'm a snowboarder. Same thing. Uh, that was, that was my jam for a long time. Um, even did it semi pro where I was getting paid to do it. Uh, and, uh, Oh, you didn't know that, no, bro. That's... Oh, dude, I'm off to bust out some of the old pictures, <laughs> bro. I was going to say, you and um, I talked about this Cole. How does, how does legacy not know this? Hey, we we be talking about future business. Uh, yeah, we just talk real estate. Yeah. yeah. See and that again. That's, that's what you got. Yeah. You guys are normally in hustle mode, and you and you, you miss some of those unique. Attributes. No, no, we 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 have a couple Corona. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> so when we before we press record, you want to talk real estate. So uh, yeah, this guy has been known to dabble a bit in real estate. Am I? Am I? I've done it for these thirteen years now. So uh, this guy's the well, yeah, Cole. You like master. lost it all Let's, and built it back again. Yeah, I had it, lost it, built it. So let me just start with this because for anybody who's not doing real estate, they might say, oh, this is the part of the show I'm going to tune out for because real estate is not my thing. I think every single human on earth should buy and hold real estate. I do not think every single human on earth should buy, fix, and flip real estate as an active income source for, or a career. Uh, I think that some people are too risk adverse and just quite frankly don't have the thickness of skin required for this industry. But I do think that every doctor or every attorney or every school teacher 
or every podcast host who monetizes their podcast or every freaking person that makes money any way legally allowed to make money should pay their bills and instead of putting in a freaking CD at 0.25% should buy and hold real estate. So want to start that to the listener right now that if you don't own real estate now, you should. And uh, I mean, maybe we can talk about some of the acquisition strategies or whatever questions you have because I know that that's a goal of yours, Scott, is to get more into real estate. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely want to yeah, I mean, throw that out there. We're, 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 we're so entry level right now because luckily my fiance bought this property from her family's estate. It was her great grandmother's house. Their big commercial construction family's company like was founded in my garage. So well, it's, it's cool like, because in the you 80s- You got good mojo. Yeah, like so in the 80s, they split this house in half and the upstairs was turned into an apartment. So we have the entire first floor, but we have a tenant. So we have a tenant who basically pays the mortgage. And, wow. and then I have a 3,000 square foot garage out back that I spent the past three years gutting. And now I'm storing other people's nice cars in there because I monetize that property too. So nice. um, I mean, I also kept a little bit of space for my my mountain bike shop and my my CrossFit gym and everything else. But other than that, it's, it's all monetized. I got a guy moving in Two antique FJ cruisers and a Jeep, I think, actually next week. So, um, cool. Yeah, but the other guy, he's got like, he he he's like a car flipper. I don't know. He's like a Adam Corolla or something. I don't know. He's I, I never know what's in there. I'll go in there. There's like a Porsche. Then another time, there's like a Lambo. I just never know what's popping in there. But I'm the worst car flipper in the world. Because <laughs> you you let fall in love with them and you hold on to them. Exactly. Every car I own, I bought to flip. And they're all still here. Every single one. So I've never once flipped a car, but I bought a lot that I said I was going to flip. Well, so to answer the real estate thing, obviously, every, like, she already restored the first floor. So my master plan is in the next one, hopefully one year, two years, we're already, we're already looking at other properties because then we're going to fully monetize this property, get a higher end tenant here where we're living now and then move on to the next step. It's just, I keep telling her, I'm like, I, I love the fact that the property is paid for by other people. So I actually don't want to move, but she wants so to this is <laughs> This is the absolute best place for a non-investor who wants to create passive income and wealth to start is, this is what I tell people, Cole, I understand the power of real estate. I understand that it creates more millionaires than anything else. And it's the number one place Americans hold their wealth is in real estate. Number two is in their retirement accounts. Uh, but I don't know how to start. I don't know how to manage tenants. I would say go buy a duplex, triplex, or fourplex. Five units or more is commercial. That's a different animal. But four units or less is residential. Live in one. Let your renters pay all your bills. And then that's the best place to start. You get all the tax benefits, all the depreciation, all of that, while collecting rents from your tenants. And uh, in that type, I, I am pro property management. But in that type of scenario, it might be something you manage yourself because you share a common wall almost always or, or a floor. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it's just cash flow coming in. Yeah. And uh, I'm helping a buddy of mine right now, the guy that's running security at Thrive, who you might have seen. He's a freaking huge dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's in the process of shopping for like a triplex right now to live in one and rent out the others. And that's like the best place to get started. So Yeah, my biggest I, problem is I agree with you 100%, but she – she wants that. Hey, we have our own place. I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where you start. Then, then you get your own residence, and then you just keep doing it. Keep buying duplexes, triplexes, homes, or even apartments. Uh, in the Midwest right now, I would highly recommend people start buying C plus B minus grade properties in the fifteen to fifty unit range. Hmm. Obviously, fifty units is a bigger animal, but that's about a two two and a half million dollar property in the Midwest, uh, which is a lot. It's crazy to think that like what I paid for the house we're sitting right now. And I can get 50 units right now. Bobby just sent me a deal. 55 units in oh, some Nashville. 55 units in Nashville for $1.3 million. Really? It's like, 
That's like my down payment. I figured, um, I, figured, I figured Nashville would have a higher value than that. No, so it's beat up. It's 100% empty. All 55 units are empty and all of them need to be renovated. The ARV on it would be about $6 million, but I could still buy 55 units for like a down payment on a house in Orange County. It's crazy. See, I follow Grant like, like crazy, so you're 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 speaking like Grant language to me as well. So I- Yeah, Grant, <laughs> Grant and I agree on 95 to 97% of real estate. That that 3 to 5% we disagree on is what we like to talk about most uh, because- we 100% see eye to eye almost on everything. I'm but, like in the three to put the 5% that he's talking oh. about. Yeah, app rates and where to buy your real estate and doing residential. He says doing residential deals is for idiots. It's like, cool, I became a millionaire investing in residential real estate. So I think you're wrong there. And I've but made a lot of thing. money. What if somebody doesn't want that where Grant is today, right? Like that, you're hinting at that commercial level. What if people are happy? They like that whole, you know, three to five, three to 10 type unit stuff. I don't know. I mean- yeah, that's cool. So it's all about risk tolerance. It's all about skill sets. If, if real estate was easy, who would do it? Everybody. Everybody. So there's obviously systems that need to be learned. Uh, Legacy and Patricia's first year was ugly. And the last year they made over a million bucks. And this yeah. year they will again. What happened? They learned the system one step at a time. They kept their head down long enough. And then as the systems got implemented, they're able to scale, monetize. And now they're in the 1% of people that actually make seven figures a year investing in real estate. Uh, so that being said, when it comes to those sized units you were just talking about, like the triplex to the 10 units, I think is tolerable, uh, especially in the Midwest. We're talking, you know, four or five, six hundred thousand dollar buildings. And uh, I think it's great. So uh, the the one thing people should look for is passive income. Mm-hmm. Uh, flipping real estate will make you, you know, money today. But if you stop flipping real estate, you stop making money. Everybody should figure out how to buy and hold real estate. And I think that houses are great. I think that you should all have some of those in your portfolio. But if I can buy 10 homes or a 10 unit apartment building, I would probably from a cash flow perspective want that a building because it's easier to manage one building with 10 units than it is 10 houses. From an appreciation, liquidation, and uh, I guess spreading out your investment, like not having all your marbles in one basket, Mm -hmm. the houses makes sense because the houses could be in different parts of the city or even in different cities or even in different states where if one local city gets hit hard like a Detroit did in the last recession, mm-hmm. but uh, other cities that didn't even feel it like, oh, who didn't even feel it? Um, Seattle. <laughs> yeah, Seattle did well. Um, Seattle doesn't cash flow well though because the prices are so expensive, similar to California. Yeah, like, like Memphis. Memphis Memphis didn't even see a decline in real estate value. So so there's, it's give and take, you know, by having a bunch of houses, you're spread out. Uh, so that's more management issues, but that is more diversification. Having a building, it's easy. You just collect rents. But if something bad happens in that area, like a natural disaster, like a freaking avalanche or something, right? Uh, then you've just lost your whole investment where if it had been homes that could have been spread out. So I recommend uh, getting an education first, but then buying and holding for sure. Yeah. Well, I have a big question, but I had to pause because I heard Legacy jump in there on that. He's he's in that that 3 to 5% uh, we'll just agree to disagree area. So what are you, yeah. hinting, what are you hinting at legacy? Like what, why, why not are you just, you know, like, like I, I, I love, like, I appreciate Grant Cardone. He's gangster. I, he has a mission and he's, you know, he's, uh, his, his thing is commercial for me. Uh, I, I make my money and, and our income through real estate. And I feel like and never in my life have I ever had something, a vehicle like that, that has brought me this much, um, you know, this much money. Uh, you just had a closing. Tell them how much did you, what, what was on that settlement statement that's being sent to you from the title company on the house you just closed? 225000 So Grant Cardone's on his microphone telling the world it's a sucker's game. Don't screw around with residential. And was that Monday, Tuesday? That was, um, well, we, it was t- 
two two days ago, two nights ago, and we close on it on Friday. That's coming so, up. So we got a settlement statement saying, hey, here's the way. Now that we know that we're closing, we've done the math. Here's what you're going to make. And he'll get that check this coming week. It's what? coming Friday. Yeah. So one week from today, yeah. seven days from today, he'll be holding a check for $225,000. Yep. That's one of eight deals he's working on right now. So he's got a million dollars worth of income and just the profits of the deals he's working on right now if he never bought another one. Grant tells the world, don't do it. Uh, and so for Grant's perspective, what we disagree, and this isn't Simon Grant, like I said, Grant's a good friend of mine. He spoke at Thrive last two years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what what he has agreed on his show when I was on his show arguing with him <laughs> is that because Cardone Capital, or not Cardone Capital, Cardone Enterprises makes $150 million a year, then why should he mess around chasing $225,000 profits? Yeah. If you're making $150 million a year, I completely agree. Don't go touch houses. Go buy 400-unit apartment buildings like he is that takes $28 million down because you're making $150 million a year. But that's but for the rest he, of us, he's built not to making, that level, right? He wasn't always at that level. And right. to your point, so, that but, frees up the market for somebody like Legacy to move in and take that chunk of the market. Right. So for all the Cardone loyalists out there, a good friend of mine, love him. And I literally had this conversation with him on my show or on his show, excuse me, yeah. uh, on his real estate investing show. But uh, and he agrees to it. You can even see it on my Facebook page that uh, he's like, good point. OK, so for, <laughs> so for for people that are not making one hundred fifty million dollars a year and who are not Grant Cardone, two hundred and twenty five thousand dollar paychecks don't say eight to ten times a year isn't poverty no. and then with that type of capital coming in you get to live whatever type of life you want and have enough left over to go and buy and hold commercial real estate yeah. so if you're already making it. like my buddy josh who i just said goodbye to this morning he probably doesn't need to mess around with residential because he's in a business that's a tech company that's you know making 10 million dollars a year and it supports him and gives him enough resources to go and buy real estate without needing to flip it so it is it is I guess so, on the financial individual level. The outstanding question that popped in my head then is, because I, I was at a recent event down in Philadelphia two months ago, a Tony, big Tony Robbins event, but there was a bunch of different speakers and one of them was a real estate guy and he's got his own little thing. And it's this whole thing of, hey, it's okay if you don't have the money. There's investors out there who do have the money. So you need to plug yourself into that community and then you can use other people's money to do, do you know what I'm talking about? Is that, yeah. some, is that some of your formula? Where you have the uh, people who have the investment let, money? Let's let the student protege over here answer that question. Let's oh, let's okay. see if he learned. All right, all right, all right. So, what was the question? No, <laughs> Come on. no, no. Other no, people's money, making so, money with other people's money. Yeah. So, I, 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 one of the things that I used to read back when, uh, when I, when I read um, Rich Dad Poor Dad and 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 all those books. Uh, I realized that they kept talking about OPM, OPM. And I was like, what is OPM? What is OPM? And I finally learned other people's money. And then as I started to learn from Cole and Than and and and, uh, and the program that I was in, I, I felt like that started becoming the, the topic of conversation in order to build wealth because I had uh, probably to my name, I had about $3,000 cash and I had a couple of things like jewelry and a uh, motorcycle and a, and a 1991 Acura NSX. But besides that, I had about 27 cents in my account, both accounts. Uh, and I was in a very, very bad time in life. Um, and so when I heard- That's when we met. That's when we met. And so when I heard other people's money, I'm like, wow, you could do this. And I learned how to do that. Uh, I wouldn't do it any other way. I would, I'm leveraging other people's money, but not. it's not- the angle of, oh, I'm going to be, use people's money to, to, to get rich. I'm actually giving them a great return on their money that they wouldn't get otherwise if, uh, if, I, if, they was, if they weren't going through my company 
um, investing with me and at the same time utilizing with the knowledge that I know to leverage to make uh, high profits. So for me, I, I've never used any of my own money when I'm borrowing money up to, I think right now we have like about eight to $12 million in, in debt, uh, which is what we call good debt. And, uh, and bringing- because that represents 10 to 15 million worth of real estate. Absolutely. So he owes, let's just round it off to 10 million. He owes $10 million, but if he sold it all, he'd have $12 million pay the 10 million off, keep two for himself. So that's the point of leverage. Yeah. But yeah, it's called creative financing. It's private lenders, hard money lenders. And uh, for the listeners, if you want to write this down, it's called asset-based lending. Legacy, you've borrowed tens of millions of dollars in your career at this point. How many times for any of that have you been asked for a credit report, tax return, bank statements, or any of that? Zero times. Never once. They just vet the deal. And when the deal has enough equity in it and enough margin, they don't give a crap what Legacy's personal finances look like. He's only borrowing $1 million for a house that's worth 1.4. They say, there's $400,000 there. If Legacy pays us back as agreed, we're going to make 60000 If he screws up, we're going to make 400000 Our lenders almost want us to screw up because there's more money for them in a screw up than there would be in us paying them back as agreed. Yep. Yeah. And, and actually, it was funny because I was just, because Michael and I, go way back. So I was just listening to you on his show. I've, I listened to all his episodes to this day and he, you were on and discussing these same valuable points. I'm like, you know what? We have a business entrepreneurial part of our community. They got to hear this stuff too, because a lot of people I've talked about this and they're like, it sounds like a scam or what, what millionaire wants to give up their money. I'm like, why, why can't they just do it themselves? I'm like, because they don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't have the knowledge to do it. Ah, good point. I mean, it takes, it takes, uh, you know, for, for, if I had a million bucks, and I made it through, I don't know, I won the lottery or something like that. And they were like, oh, why don't you go flip a house? I'd be like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it's impossible. You would, you would not be able to do it unless you either paid someone to teach you or had an education prior to. So, um, yeah. That's a great yeah, point. So it's just p- money. Money grows if it moves. It's called the velocity of money. And so if someone like Legacy said, even outside of hitting the lotto, because those are fewer and further between, but like a really high-end surgeon, like someone that does plastic surgery right here in Newport Beach and in between boob jobs doesn't want to go flip houses. So they say, well, geez, I'm making a lot of money here in my, I'm just saying, it's Orange County, right? Yep. Uh, doing all these facelifts or face, is that what it is? Face, boob lifts. Boob lifts. Oh, don't forget about the button. What the heck it is, dude. <laughs> I'm doing all these nose jobs and boobs and stuff. I make a lot of money doing this. I got a nice Ferrari and a beautiful home here in Newport Coast. I have no interest in learning how to do real estate. But this, why is it so funny? <laughs> because you said boob lifts and face jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm losing it because Legacy's losing it. Dude, that was amazing. That was funny. I don't know about you, but boob jobs aren't popular in the men of my family. So, <laughs> I would agree. So bottom line is there's guys out there that have money, that have liquidity, that don't want to just leave it in a checking account, that also don't want to learn how to do real estate. Hmm. And in their perspective, we're the idiots because we're taking their money. They're doing no work at all, and they're making tens of thousands of dollars. When you borrow a million bucks at 10% interest for six months, yeah. that right there is is, you know, I guess if you're buying a million bucks, 10% interest, that'd be hundred, that'd be $50,000 they would make. So mm-hmm. by lending me their million dollars that they've made over the last three or four years in their plastic surgery, I'm just whatever their law firm, doesn't matter what they are. Uh, and letting me have it for six months and then I give it back. They just made $50,000. That's the medium household income in America that they're making without doing anything at all. They're like, you guys were idiots. Yeah. Now, why are we willing to pay them $50,000? Because we just made $225,000 mm-hmm. after paying them the realtor fees and everything else. So it's called private money. Well, and from where you were before Legacy, because I, I do, we want. I know we want to keep this show to a shorter format. Respect your guys' yep. time. But uh, okay. would you say, thanks to the 
circles of influence, you know, the, the education, as you just hinted at, it took time to learn. Clearly, the, the deals process, has it accelerated at all? Or is it always about the same type of average, would you say, like start to finish? The, the speed that he does deals? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's all, that's all relative. It depends on, on how big the project is and what, what risk we're willing to take. So I could like, there was a, uh, one street we had three properties on one was a little bit more of a complete complex, uh, long, longer lasting, uh, deal opportunity. And then we bought one right next door to it. And that one took four weeks and the other one across the street from that one took seven, eight weeks. So it just, it just varies. I, I think the system that we have now and what we've learned, uh, we're able to take a property, know exactly what's going to happen from start to finish, uh, have all the details uh, planned, planned out, a Gantt chart showing what the weeks look like. Uh, and we have processes in place that allow us to, uh, you know, f uh, find the contractor if he takes too long. And we kind of have a, a gauge on how to move about. So I think, yes, uh, my, my circle of influence and the people around me and watching Cole and learning from other people that are doing it at a higher level have allowed me to to do it way faster um, but it's the on ongoing growth that I have I, I'm hungry to learn how to do it better even though I feel like I do it, I'm doing it at the best I, I, I have uh, the best that I can right now I feel like I'm constantly wanting to get better at it because I want to uh, minimize the time so that I can free up more of my time hmm. so the real variable is just a scope of work is it just lipstick a pig we're putting paint and carbon we're done or is it a full gut rehab? Is there an addition, right? Like, uh, because when you do, so there's three levels of so design. You, you guys aren't flipping everything, like the whole remodel and everything. So it depends, right? No, yeah. no, no. We we are. Oh, you are. Yeah, okay. we're flipping everything. Yeah, we on are. On the residential side. But there's three levels of design. There's structural, cosmetic, and interior. Structural design is knocking down walls, doing additions, uh, doing a pop top where it was a single story is now a two story or expanding into the backyard. He did a job that was only a 1200 square foot house. They added an additional 1320 yeah, to make it a 2,500 square foot house. Wow. And when you're doing stuff like that, not only is there more work to be done, but then there's permits from the city and you're at the, you're at the, I, I wonder what you call it, the mercy of the city pushing those permits through versus if you're buying a house that's just cosmetic, you, you're not doing much structural, maybe moving a wall here or there, but it's mostly just, you know, maybe gutting it to the studs, but you're not moving walls or adding square footage where there's a lot of, of structural design. It's just cosmetic repainting, recarpeting, putting up new drywall where there may be some mold. You can go through those quicker. So, and then there's the, the, uh, the ones that are, like I said earlier, just lipstick a pig. You get those on occasion where the house is like turnkey. You just update the kitchen, put in some stainless steel appliances, some better countertops, backsplash, new flooring, new carpet, new paint, and you freaking hit the market in three weeks. So that's the variable. Once the houses are listed for sale, there's something called DOM, which is days on market. Every city has its average DOM. So you just need to talk to the realtors what that looks like. Uh, and if you're priced right, then you'll fall into that window. And that's really it, man. Nice. I like it. So Cool. Well, I mean, we could dig deeper into this, but that could be a, 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 another show. So I'm going to have to have this guy back on. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, Legacy. We only talked about this like two years ago and then again last year, but it's okay. I won't, I won't hold you to that. It's, all, it's the timing. Timing. <laughs> right now is probably right. the best time. The time's got to be right. So- Here's a little side note. There's people hearing this right now. What if they want to be on Team Legacy, Team Cole? What do they got to do? Um, come to thrive. Besides <laughs> come to thrive, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. website's timthrive.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, best way to hit us up. Uh, we're both pretty active on Instagram. I don't touch anything else my team does. I respond to 80% of the death messages on Instagram. So I'm just at Cole Hatter, and he's just, what do you? Uh, Legacy Perez underscore. 
Okay. There we go. It's like, a, it's like a baseball slide. We, we always include all these links in the podcast, uh, in the actual blog notes for the website. So all that stuff will be up there because the followers know that stuff. But again, guys, I'm sharing the screen for the video feed, attendthrive.com. Uh, and actually, real quick, we've got, there he is. There's the site. Hey. Look at that Look at guy. That sharp guy. Legacy that's a, that's a stud. <laughs> it looks like he had a face job. <laughs> <laughs> a face job. Yeah. No. And, and, and then obviously, yeah. oh, real quick, I had to answer your question. Here's a rough idea of a heli skiing package. So I had to at least answer some of your nice. questions. Nice. So, cool. you know, if you go, on, we're, we're only doing, person? we're doing one day of heli. Then we're doing some resort skiing. And then we're going to go to another mountain and do Snowcat, where they drive you into the backcountry. Uh, that'll I've be done at, that. I've yeah. done that. I just haven't jumped out of a helicopter. I would make sure they're at least ten feet in the air, and I would like buckle up and jump out. You know, I'm not gonna. That's let what I want to do, but they won't let you. They, they, they know we have to land the helicopters. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna find yeah. a Red Bull option later. That's so. back to that. Ask for forgiveness as you're jumping out. Sorry. <laughs> I would totally do that. And then, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, we want you to go to attendthrive.com, but you can always find Cole. Besides on the Instagram, you can go to colehatter.com. Everything about him is there as well. Uh, but again, obviously, attendthrive. Dot com create your legacy make money matter i've been going there for years now so just Thanks, show up pay for it right? I gotta... yeah. so looking at that page it says create your legacy i got one right here yeah so, you, you literally helped create a further legacy. i feel like i feel like i owe him like a dollar or something like trademark <laughs> like a dollar 42 maybe <laughs> and, and and actually Come one on. last note legacy wasn't yeah thrive make money matter your first big speaking experience well, yes, uh, I got to share my story on stage, uh, which was really cool. So, yeah, it was it was uh, definitely one of the biggest. But I don't know if you're aware, but this year I'm, I'm I totally have a legit speaking spot. Um, uh, what oh, what yeah. is your noise? Ah, hi, ah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something so, else. Yeah. That's one thing I love about promoting Thrive is that. I, you, when you go year after year, you see this happen. Like Sonya now on stage, Legacy back hardcore on stage. Uh, you just keep seeing people move and grow. And I think that's a testament to the power of a community and that inner circle of influence. Like, oh, wow, dude, if you find the right community, you're just going to keep leveling up. So, but that's cool, just man. me anyway. All right. <laughs> well, listen, uh, final words of the show. You guys get to close it out. Uh, each of you, all, anything, all-encompassing message, leave behind. We, we dropped so many bombs today, but I mean, legacy first, then Cole. Like, is there anything that you're trying to leave behind to the world out there when they when you get on stage that you're kind of a theme behind what you're doing? Don't talk about face jobs. No face jobs. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, I mean, I I, I know Philip McKernan uh, says a, a legacy is not something you leave the world; is something you give it. Uh, and I feel like you know, constantly working hard to to achieve whatever goals you want to do, and knowing that it's possible. I mean, there's people left and right that that uh, have that don't have the things that you people out there have. Um, for the ability to do what you want to do and just apply yourself and really find find what you're really good at or what you enjoy, what you've been doing for a very long time. Find that certainty that you do it with, and then apply it into whatever new venture you want to do. And 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 put your head down and just keep dri keep drilling and keep working and keep working. And I think um, that's what I've done that I know works. And that's what I believe that if anybody does, uh, for that matter, I'm not any more special than everybody else out there. It's just constantly putting your head down, going to work, and, and that success will start to creep in. And then you'll start seeing the other side of uh, or the end of the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I feel like that that that's a message that I want to share with everybody because 
A lot of people say, oh, well, he's lucky he, he got to hang out with Cole. Well, there's a reason why we connected in the first place. There's a reason why I want to continue to grow. There's a reason why I have my purpose and I'm purpose driven and I'm on fire and I wake up every morning wanting more and more and more because that's something that I've put into myself and, and allowed myself to, uh, you know, to channel that light through the creator and wanting to be better. So I feel like all of us out there have it. Uh, some just have a bunch of curtains covering the light that we truly have inside and the ability to let let go and open up uh, is is up to each and every one of us. Wow, dude. Strong words, my friend. Well said. Cole, what do you got, brother? You know, I mean, I don't want to, I think that was really good. I don't want to give someone too much to think about. I would just say this with what Legacy said, remember this last part is that uh, regardless of your religious belief system, whether you believe that you are reincarnated or that you have eternal life in heaven or that you die and become dead and that's the end of your story, we can all agree that the life we're living right now does end. And so I just want to remind people in what he just said, piggybacking off of that, that this is our one at bat. And the thing that I see is not afraid, of, you know, people aren't afraid of failure. People just never get started. People just keep saying, oh, you know, we're already in August. I'm going to finish this year. And then I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do in January. And they've been saying that since 1998. And so I'm just going to encourage people to realize that life is precious. Life is fragile. I've almost died a few times. I've lost people. And I have a really strong appreciation for how fragile life is. I think some people go through their whole life without any of those near death experiences or without any real huge loss in their lives. Uh, and they assume that they have forever and that they'll get to it someday. So on the back of what legacy just said, I would just add one more little thought that don't hear that and say, he's right. And someday I will do it now uh, because this is your shot. This is your one at that. And uh, to use that baseball analogy or metaphor, I should say, you know, some people get to the bat and they're just hoping to get walked. There are literally people that won't swing at anything and they're just praying to God, come on, four balls. Let me get on base through a walk. Uh, I'm not going to go down in history as the guy that was praying for a walk. I'm going to swing and I'll either go down swinging or I'll have a walk off grand slam. Uh, but I, I encourage everyone to swing for the fences. Yeah, don't wait for the ball to hit you so you can get that free walk. Yeah, exactly. Like, swing at it. There you go. I love it. Well, listen, hang tight. I want to give you guys a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Legacy Perez, Cole Hatter, you want to hang with him? You want to network with him? You want to grow? Come to attendthrive.com. Get a ticket. Come to Vegas. Party with us. Learn with us. And grow with us. But again, guys, treat it. I can't do it any better. Baseball guys, swing for the fences. All right. So again, that's another powerful Live the Fuel podcast show. We're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching on YouTube. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Remember, you too can live the fuel. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7's resource guide. It's a free offer, and it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website... Hop on over to the supported brands section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts. You got Pure Vitamin Club. You got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit. 
lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Epilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.